Hello, everyone. It's Monday, January 22nd, 2018 at 2 o'clock Eastern Time, and this is Admissions Live. I'm your host, Nicole Lentini, and on today's live broadcast, we're talking about the changes coming to Facebook and how that can impact your institution's marketing reach. Admissions Live is part of the Higher Ed Live Network. Our episodes offer you direct access to the best and brightest minds in education. Be part of our live broadcast by sharing your knowledge. Participate in today's discussion by tweeting us using the hashtag Higher Ed Live. All of our episodes are free and easy to access in the video archives at higheredlive.com or take Higher Ed Live with you on the go by subscribing to the podcast. Higher Ed Live is sponsored by NRCCUA, a membership organization supporting student success for over 44 years. NRCCUA members gain access to the Encora Data Lab platform, gaining access to a wealth of data and analytics to drive better enrollment decisions. Additionally, Encora Data Lab supports digital marketing strategies, helping you to combine the data in your inquiry pool with high-impact social media engagement strategies tailored to your institution. Learn more and get started at Encora.org. Produced by M. Stoner, a digital first agency committed to tailored solutions that drive real results. Have you ever wondered what prospective teens are thinking when they receive and read or ignore your institution's recruitment marketing? The third study in the myth-busting series, in partnership with today's sponsor, NRCCUA, is the focus is the first to focus on the complete enrollment marketing mix. The research will uncover the best marketing channels and communication preferences that have the biggest influence on prospective teens' perception of your institution. Sign up now and receive early access to the research results and white paper releasing this month. Without further ado, I would love to introduce my three guests. Um, so rather than me introducing the three of you, I'd love for you to just uh, take a moment to introduce yourself, uh, your position and where, where you are uh, currently working, um, and a kind of a little bit about the work you do on a day-to-day -day basis here in higher ed. So uh, Kara, why don't you kick us off? Sure. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. I really am excited to talk about some of these changes, but I am a web producer and social media specialist for the College of Science at Northeastern University in Boston, not to be confused with that other school in Chicago. Um, we, I, every day I am in charge of all of our websites. We just actually finished a redesign in November of all of our department and program websites. So we took about 12 websites, put them into one. So I'm in charge of all of the content, um, daily upkeep, and um, all of the changes that go along with that. In addition, I oversee all of the college's social media channels. Um, so certainly trying to stay abreast of all of the changes that we see, not just within Facebook, but other channels as well. Fantastic. Thank you. All right. How about Logan? How about you? Hi, I'm Logan Bishop. I am the web and digital media manager at Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm responsible for our digital strategy. So that includes web, social media, and video. Awesome. Thank you very much. And finally, Chris. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Chris Dorso. I am uh, an assistant director of enrollment communications here at Stony Brook University in New York. Uh, and I've been running our social uh, platforms uh, across campus here for the last, oh, eight or nine years or thereabouts. Um, we, like many big universities, have a number of channels uh, that number in the hundreds across campus. Uh, from all the various media. And our challenge is trying to figure out really the best way to make all this stuff work. And it's sort of like the, the age old question of, of what exactly we're doing on the social end and, and how all the various 
tentacles across campus work together to uh, to get the best possible results and ultimately meet the goals of our university. So uh, it's uh, it's it's good, and I'm excited to be back uh, here on Higher Ed Live. It's been a long time, so happy to be back. It has. It's it's nice to have you back. I know a lot of uh, folks that are viewing remember um, many of your your shows that you hosted. So nice to have you back on. Um, and I'm really excited to talk about this topic. Uh, it's been huge in conversation across a lot of spaces that I'm in, um, online and offline, actually. Um, and we are gonna really try to pick apart what this update's gonna look like for Facebook, but also I think all of us agree that we don't know exactly what it's gonna look like yet until it really rolls out and really starts impacting things. Um, so a lot of this is gonna be kind of what we believe it will look like and how we're gonna start approaching this update and thinking about it um, with our channels in mind and our content in mind. Um, I've also tweeted out the link um, to the uh, press release from Facebook. So uh, make sure you give it a look um, from, it's coming from the Higher Ed Live uh, uh, Twitter handle. So give a look to that article. Um, so while we're chatting also, I want to mention that we really want to make sure, you know, any Higher Ed Live episode, we want to hear your questions and your thoughts. Um, but since this is in the social sphere, you know, tweet at us using the hashtag Higher Ed Live, and we'd love to address your questions to the best of our abilities. Um, so I'm going to start out by kind of framing out what the changes were. And I took a quote directly from um, Adam Osseri, Facebook's head of Newsfeed, that explained in his press release, last week we announced major changes to, new to Newsfeed that are designed to help bring people closer together by encouraging more meaningful connections on Facebook. As a result, people will see less public content, including news, video, and posts from brands. According to the company, they will prioritize posts that spark conversations and meaningful interactions between people. And to do this, they will predict which posts you might want to interact with your friends about and show these posts higher in your feed. Um, so this is a lot of kind of things to, to sift through. So what are you all anticipating to have that impact on your page? Well, I really see that um, this is really going to affect the kinds of content that we post. Because um, since folks are really going to be seeing the content that is shared, by friends and family and, and such, we really should uh, focus a lot on shareable content, content that um, we know folks will want to repost. And um, hopefully uh, those kinds of things will, will help drive the content onto um, folks' news feeds. So, I mean, that's the, that's the big thing. So maybe more video, more more uh, images and, and interesting stuff as far as that kind of thing goes. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. And I think it's, it's sort of the, um, the something that the drum I've been beating for years uh, is that, you know, we're so focused on this now and there's so much noise out there in your, all of your various feeds that, you know, when your audience is scrolling through their feeds, you, they, you want to have something that's going to grab them. And to Logan's point, that's becoming more and more visual uh, and something that they're going to do something with and they're actually react to and not, oh, that's nice and just kind of keep scrolling. Um, and I think that's, I mean, it's again, it's always been the challenge, but it just becomes more important now uh, with the way that the feeds are, are changing. 
Yeah, I, I think you both make a really good point that it's it's something that we should already be kind of doing well anyway, but it's really gonna take that up to the next level, right? By really prioritizing the newsfeed in this way. So it's gonna really lean on us to think about how to make it more shareable and content that people actually want to share with, with their friends, with their family. Right, and I, th and I um, think to that point, you know, it's interesting because even here on campus with the different colleges and then obviously with the main university account, that varies from college to college and, and within the university, just what that information is. Maybe, it, it, maybe they are videos, but they're very different types of videos. Maybe they are images, but they're very different types of images. So even within the subsets or in the subdivisions that you have within the universities and the colleges, um, even that, you know, have, you have to pay particular attention to just because you don't necessarily want to take the lead from um, one group because that might not be what your particular audience is, is looking for. Absolutely. That's a really, really great point is that it's not a one size fits all kind of uh, approach. We all have to kind of have a sense of who our populations are, mm -hmm. our audiences. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and I think it's interesting too, given your different roles that for m maybe not all three, but for most of you, you're not just working with one individual office or one small group of people. There's multiple constituents on your campus that you have to mm -hmm. kind of um, be taking in this information and making sure to share it on your pages. So um, is it, do you see this significantly impacting how you take in that information from folks across campus and what you say, yes, I can share this out and no, I can't, and these are the reasons why, you know, how is that gonna impact that kind of relationship and that kind of intake of stories? Absolutely, well, I think, I'll just jump. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, Logan. Um, <laughs> what I was just gonna say is that I think that that's, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate because within um, some places, they don't have as many um, hands on deck or, you know, people who are able to help. So it might be that all they're able to create is a, a simple announcement or whatever the case may be. Whereas there might be another in, group or individual or unit that has, um, you know, maybe they have really involved students and they, they recognize these changes and they say, okay, we really want to get, you know, people to our event or we really want to showcase what we've been able to do with research. And they're the ones who lead and they're the ones who are able to, you know, create a great video or do a Facebook Live or whatever the case may be. And it's, and it's unfortunate because those other units that don't have those resources, you know, you, you find yourself saying, okay, well, I can't do that and here are the reasons. Let's try to do that. And sometimes it just doesn't work and it, you know, it's, it, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place in that case because you really do want to help them, um, but you're also dealing with a lot yourself too. Well, for us too, I think there's going to be some level of managing expectations too. Mm -hmm. um, and not just, not just focusing on Facebook as, um, as a medium, but also look at Instagram as a way to get folks to, uh, and, and uh, to events and such like using Instagram stories to help promote things because that does pop up at the top um, still um, over time. And, uh, you know, obviously Twitter too. So, you know, being able to leverage different social networks. Um, also for us, I would suggest, uh, you know, leveraging our Facebook groups that we have for each class. Our, our Facebook groups are still very active um, even, after, uh, even after they get here. 
Um, those admitted student Facebook groups are still a place where students talk about stuff. So there's still the ability there, especially now that you can post as the brand of the university um, within those groups um, to, to really push things out. That's a great point and one I want to kind of loop back to later that I know in ma making this release, they talked about some of the things that you've brought up. So events, uh, Facebook Live, the groups and kind of interaction there. So it's interesting to see if we're going to see a significant shift. Right. Um, did you have anything to add, Chris, especially I think being the most kind of central to admissions? How do you think this is going to impact us? Yeah, you know, and it's funny because everybody has sort of said lots of really interesting points that I like that's one of the challenges when you get everybody on one thing. I have like 15 different things I want to say and I want to figure out how to how to how to respond the right way. So like I think, you know, Kara's point of, you know, getting people out to an event or whatever, it's really a matter of understanding. You know, it, it's the whole goals, not tools thing. You know, the Facebook is is just one piece of the puzzle and there may be better ways to get your message out. I mean, one of the my not great regrets, but one of my regrets was I got a text from a colleague in student life a couple of years back with a picture from an event that was going on at that moment. Uh, and she said, oh, uh, can you post this to Instagram because we don't have a really strong attendance. And so I just slapped it up on the Instagram account because I had nothing else going at the particular time. Uh, and they had this influx of people. And so all of a sudden, Instagram became like this magic button that I was like, okay, whoa, 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 slow down. You know, like uh, it really is managing expectations. Just slapping a picture up does not guarantee that people are going to start coming to your event. Uh, you know, and it's a matter of figuring out, again, where those, where your audience is, as we said, and then how they want to see the things that you're pushing out to them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's an excellent point. And I think all three of you said it in different ways and in different constituents, but that managing expectations piece is so huge with this with this upcoming change. And uh, I think it's fitting, actually. It was shared with me that today is Community Manager Appreciation Day. So I appreciate all of you, all of those community managers out there tuning in on the panel, um, because this isn't easy work and you're constantly trying to keep up with new logarithms, new changes, new updates. I mean, you know, Logan, you mentioned that about Twitter, but then Twitter changed their logarithm. So, you know, it's not necessarily uh, content as it's happening either. So, um, so it's not an easy job to kind of keep on top of all this. So I think managing, managing expectations with your VPs, with other folks that you're working with, uh, with different offices that you're working with, like Kara said, um, you know, and that you said as well, Chris, is going to be huge with this change or I guess any change that comes up along yeah. the way. Well, I think that expectation thing is important because, you know, if the way that the algorithm is going to change again, uh, you know, speaking specifically to Facebook, uh, you know, I think we're a big place and there are lots of stories. We have enough content to post five times a day on Facebook if we wanted to, but we know that posting that often doesn't work and it, and it decreases things. So when a story that I know isn't going to have the kind of legs that the department that's sending it to me expects. Uh, there's, I don't want to say letting them down easy, but like trying to say, okay, yeah, this may really be compelling content to you and your 40 majors, but to our nearly 50,000 fans, it's just, it's not compelling enough. Like there's no visual or there's no, there's no reason for people to stop in their feed and be like, oh, hey, friend, check this out. Um, hey, mom, check this out, whatever. 
Uh, and so, you know, back in the old days when you could just sort of throw off a post, you know, when we had our prime times and we had our off times. And so if there was a post that I kind of had to post, like I would just post it during one of the off times. Okay, yeah, it went up and it got eight likes and it's great. Okay, eight likes, congratulations. Uh, without, you know, necessarily impacting everything else that we did, or at least so we thought, but now everything ties together. So it'll be interesting to see that change. The other thing too, that I think schools are going to have to just change is the mindset that everything on Facebook is free. Um, awesome. Yes. The, the way now to get stuff in front of eyes is going to be putting money behind boosted posts and doing it strategically, being able to understand, okay, so we have these posts this week, where do we wanna put our allocated budget of money for this week? Which posts, how do we wanna do it? Those kinds of things and actually have a budget for how you're going to, uh, well, a yearly budget, whatever, for um, boosting posts. I mean, that's one thing that I I think I'd like to ask for now is, is having a real budget so that I know, you know, um, what I can boost and, you know, start thinking strategically about, you know, how we're going to do it. Because these days getting students to events, getting, uh, getting uh, content in, the, in front of the eyes of prospective students, those kinds of things, we're going to have to focus a lot on ads and we're going to have to focus a lot on boosted posts. Yeah. And, and like, here's the great thing about boosting posts and, and putting money behind it is yes, it's going to cost money, obviously. And, and nobody has money these days, but to Logan's point, like that's how you're going to get eyeballs. Ultimately, that's that's the easiest way to do it. And the great thing about that is that your higher ups, your VPs, and all those kinds of folks who are sitting in budget meetings, they want to see numbers, right? Putting money behind some of this stuff is a great way to get really, really compelling numbers. Uh, you know, when we did our sort of year in review, looking back at at what went well in 2017. We didn't put a whole lot of money behind things, but we learned a lot from looking back the things that we did put money behind. And I was like, you know what? We spent a lot of money on here and we didn't get the return that we wanted, but look what happened with this, the way that we targeted this. So, you know, what can we learn for, even if it's just a couple hundred bucks, uh, you know, how that, how we got eyeballs, you know, that's the, the currency of the internet is eyeballs. And the, if, these days, you know, if it's the whole, uh, if you're not paying for it, then you're the product. So pay for it. Like that's the, that's the way to take ownership of it. Ownership of it. If you're not happy with, if you want to just let Facebook do what Facebook's going to do, then you're going to get what you're going to get. Um, but if you want to kind of force the issue, you're going to have to put some money behind it. Well, and the beauty thing, the beauty of it is that you can, you can really target those to the people that you want to see the particular thing. For instance, you know, we want to get students to, you know, one of our, uh, you know, visit days um, or preview days, um, we can target directly to, you know, maybe areas that we, uh, geographic areas where we want students to come from or a, a particular age group, obviously, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's very powerful and it lets you, you know, get stuff in front of the eyeballs you want it to be rather than just shouting it out to everybody. Because, uh, I mean, I'm sure our students on campus appreciate knowing when we have a preview day so they know when not to come outside <laughs> um, or what days they can sleep in. But uh, uh, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I had a conversation with somebody um, in this field not that long ago um, after this news came out. And uh, she was saying, you know, don't put money into Facebook. And I kind of tilted my head. And, 
made the little funny noise, huh? Right. And uh, and she said, well, <clears throat> you know, Facebook can pull anything out from underneath you at any moment, which is entirely true because, you know, as of today, I had in my Facebook feed on this date three years ago, an article that was, hey, you're going to see more of your friends' posts than, than the page posts. So, I mean, clearly, obviously, and we all know this, but Facebook can do whatever it wants. Any of these platforms can do whatever it wants, whenever it wants to do anything. But in the moment, when you know that you are able to invest and get the return, why not? It might not be the panacea for everything and, and all, you know, for the duration of time, sure, but in the, in the moment. Um, so we didn't necessarily see eye to eye on that one, um, but, uh, but I, you know, I think that you guys make great points. Like, obviously, if you, want, if, you, if you need to get this in front of people, it's a pay to play at this point. Yeah. And it doesn't, you know, I mean, uh, it's easy to, to think from an admission standpoint. Um, and obviously I do because that's my job, but uh, we had a, a community event this fall where we were trying to get word out to specifically to the community and specifically to families. And so they said, oh, can you price up, you know, how much, here's what we have to spend. Can you price this out? I said, great, fantastic. So I priced it out and I sort of shrunk the, the target to like what would likely be a parent range, you know, like mid twenties to mid forties. And, you know, I, I was able to expand the circle much bigger than they thought and and save the money. So it's so it, and that's sort of the joy of Facebook that you don't necessarily have on the other platforms is that Facebook knows so much about us, for better or worse, that mm -hmm. it's a, a marketer's dream, quite frankly, because you could oh, yeah. really get to exactly what you want. Whereas on the Twitter and, and on the Twitter, how the hell old am I? Bye. Get off my yard, little boy. Get off my Twitter. Uh, so anyway, Facebook allows you to do that, and you'd like to take you gotta take advantage of that when you can. Well, Facebook lets you upload email addresses to target to target to that level. I mean. You can do all kinds of crazy stuff with Facebook. Um, not only measure conversions, you can, um, as I said, like really target to a specific group of people, just their email addresses. You can retarget people that have come to your website before. I mean, you can do all kinds of amazing, awesome things with Facebook. But that's the thing is, it, you know, we knew this day was coming. We were going to have to pay to play. And uh, I think that day's here. Absolutely. Well, and I'm curious, you know, you've all talked about it a lot. And in terms of, you know, moving in this direction, but have you already started sort of um, taking a look at past uh, strategies and really looking at like, okay, this is where we're going to do more paid, you know, have you really taken a shift of like incorporating more paid into it? Or, you know, how are you sort of balancing that organic versus paid content? Well, we've really started using more paid ads this year. Okay. Um, especially from an admission standpoint. Um, but uh, as far as boosting posts, that is something that I think we're gonna plan to do more in the future. Anybody else, either of the two of you making significant changes or are you kind of gonna see how it goes and then make shifts as needed? On our end, we're more of a, let's see how things go. Um, because we're, you know, we're the, we're a college within the university. I know at the university level, they're they're definitely 
looking at it differently. But within us, it's more of a wait and see. Makes sense. Yeah, there's a, a good, not to steal your thunder, Nicole, but there's a good question that I just saw on Twitter from Chris Norris asking about how the changes will affect ads uh, and will it drive the cost up? And I think that's a legitimate question, you know, because I, and if, uh, you know, Facebook ain't, ain't stupid, they know that this is, this is a, a move designed to make them more money. So uh, if they can find a way, if they know that we're willing to put more money into it. Well, then those circles are going to start to shrink, by, you know, based on the money. But um, uh, I think, sort of, to answer the question, I don't think we don't know yet, unfortunately, as is the cop out answer for any social media question, unfortunately. But um, you know, I think it's the kind of thing that we'd have to sort of be aware of when we're thinking about budgeting and all those kinds of things, because even if you do say, okay, we've got five thousand dollars to budget Facebook stuff for the year. Uh, we don't know. What is this? January by June, what that, you know, $500 a month is going to buy us or whatever. So mm -hmm. it is a good question. Absolutely. And uh, you can take the the host out of admissions live, but you can't take the or admissions live out of the host. Is that yeah. what I was going for? Yeah. So, I saw yeah. the question. I was like, oh, we got a question. I have to answer it. No, I don't have to answer it. That's Nicole's job to answer it. Sorry. I'll stop. <laughs> It's all good. And it's a good, good little uh, reminder during during the broadcast that if you do have questions or thoughts, I've seen lots of folks uh, quoting us and kind of uh, commenting on what's being said. So yeah, if you have questions, please use the hashtag hired live and Chris will catch them before I do. So we'll make sure we get them answered on air. Chris Norris from Mercyhurst. Awesome. Um, so while we're waiting to see other tweets that come in, uh, I thought this was kind of, this was pretty interesting. So uh, our colleague, Dr. Liz Gross, um, who's a founding director of Campus Sonar, she was quoted by Erica Fields in, Carnegie, in a Carnegie Communications article. Um, and she said, this will force the old school marketers that wanted to use Facebook as a bulletin board to listen to their engagement-minded social media strategists and post content that actually spurs discussion and social interaction if they want to be seen in the news feed. Um, and I loved that because I like the thought of using these changes as new opportunities and opening the door to maybe plan some spaces that we haven't in the past. So um, obviously, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, keeping some things under wraps if you want to, but is there anything you're already thinking about um, starting to do more of this year as a result of this change and taking advantage of those opportunities that you would be willing to share? Yeah. I'll, sure. I'll so, um, uh, as I said at the outset, like we have a million uh, social media tentacles across campus, and it's always sort of been the 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 answer to every question is let's just have it go out on the main university channels. And in not every case is that necessarily the best option. And so the the joy of data and the joy of the the breadth of the tentacles um, uh, allows us to say if there's something that a particular college, if it's really tailored to, to your audience, let's let your let's let you lead with the story. So if it's a story that affects our school and marine atmospheric sciences, it's a research story or uh, an environmental story, whatever, um, we're trying to sort of push the content to some of the off channels to kind of boost them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then we'll share it from the main uh, page if it's something that kind of has enough legs, but it, we're really trying to push the smaller channels to encourage folks to engage with them more. 
because that, again, now with this change, that's how they're going to get seen is if they're engaging more. So we're trying to get those smaller accounts to um, to, to really put a little a little beef behind what they're doing. Very cool. Kara, it sounded like you were wanted to share something, too. Oh, did I lose Kara? Oh, no, there you are. Oh, she might have froze. Logan, do you want to jump in while we see if we can get Kara back? I do think I do think that there are opportunities, especially to to try and engage the 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 real brand um, ambassadors that are out there um, throughout our community to help um, for them to help us share stuff, to help push out things, and uh, hopefully give a story a little bit more leg when it comes to the algorithm. Um, of course, who knows what the what the threshold for that is, but it'd be interesting to just test and and kind of see, because um, I, I, for instance, have a social media street team um, that already goes out and shares stuff. Maybe we can, uh, maybe I can leverage them more to, to share some of the stuff that I don't think is um, super interesting, but maybe we can make it interest, make it seem interesting to the algorithm to to push it out a little bit more. Um, but it, it's really just gonna uh, be interesting to see. And I think it's an opportunity for me to finally say, okay, well, we've got to really start investing in Facebook if we really want to use it. And you know, being that it's a network of you know several billion people, I think it's still. Um, uh, a very powerful network to use because everyone's on it. I mean, people may not use it that much, but there's parents are on it, you know, the community's on it. So why not? Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, Sorry, the whole, it's the whole Facebook is dead thing. I mean, I feel like <laughs> I've been hosting these shows for how many years, you know, uh, and we've been talking about the death of Facebook since Facebook was born. So uh, I will say the same thing that I've said. Uh, if y'all want to stop using Facebook, by all means, stop using Facebook, delete your pages, you're good to go. Uh, we're going to keep using it. And because we know it works, uh, you know, and, and the people are still there. Are they using it differently now? Yes, to Logan's point, absolutely. They definitely are. Of course they are. It's 2018. It's not 2014. They've grown older. You know, I'm not using any of my apps the way I did five years ago. Uh, and so I think we need to change with it. Uh, or adjust our expectations, or or both. Definitely both. Yeah. Um, to, uh, you're both making excellent points. And to hop back to what Logan said specifically, what you said about your street team, um, mm -hmm. there was actually a question from Twitter from John Horowitz, thoughts on having an online ambassador program, for example, through Social Toaster that can tap into a dedicated network of individuals to amplify and gamify institutional messaging, especially in the face of Facebook feed changes. Um, so what I'm hearing from you is yes. <laughs> Um, though, though I'm definitely, I definitely have just, you know, 15 volunteers that are there to kind of help me do that. Um, never thought about going outside using something like that, but um, definitely want to leverage what I certainly have right now. And not just that, but not just our, our social media students that are just helping out with that, but maybe the page leaders that are around campus. I mean, we at Belmont have at least 100, 150 Facebook pages out there. They're administrated by people. Um, those people could help amplify each other's messages. 
Absolutely. Kara, I'm glad that we have you back. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, we're still kind of discussing the same question of, you know, um, how, what kind of opportunities do you think you're going to tap into? Anything new that you're going to try is, or, you know, that may have been impacted by these changes? It sounded like you had something that you're thinking about doing. Nope. Uh-oh. Did nope. you lose your audience? We lost you. Are. How, how about that? You sound perfect. Man, goodness. Not sure how that happened, but sorry. And thanks for bearing with me. But my, um, you know, we're, we're very research focused here in the College of Science and, and specifically at Northeastern too. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that we really want to want to look at potentially doing um, is some more kind of uh, live with the expert, but at a layman's level. Right. So, you know, we have brilliant scientists here who could speak for days about what they're doing, um, but really bringing it to a level that, um, you know, nearly everybody would be able to understand um, and and being able to offer um, a look at what those um, research uh, opportunities would be for prospective students as well as graduate students. And, and really, you know, what what's happening here? What are we doing? So that's something that we were looking at. Um, and it's just, it's a matter of uh, coordinating all of that, which I'm sure all of the community managers can, um, <laughs> can understand that that's not, not necessarily something that's, that's easy, especially in a, in a one, one person shop. Yeah, excellent. Um, I'm so excited to see, you know, some of these things are all bringing up and seeing the impact because I think, you know, it, they're all things that make sense and fit into that broader conversation of how do we engage people? How do we give content that people are excited about and excited to share? And I and I think that this is, could open up the door to being able to try new things like that. Um, we've got a great question from Chelsea Doyle. Uh, any thoughts on how to try and inspire engagement while also avoiding Facebook's anti-click hair, uh, click hair warning? It feels like wording has to be careful for that. Um, so I, I know this is another thing I saw in this release that uh, you know they're they're going to be keeping an eye out for. You know, tell us tell us what you think about this change in the comments or um, even I know that there was a big push with this update that the response has to be a certain length long. Um, so do you have any thoughts to questions you're going to ask or ways that you're going to kind of try to inspire people to comment on the posts or are you going to kind of just let the content speak for itself and hope that people are engaging with comments on it? Any thoughts on that? I've, and maybe it's just me, but I've kind of always been one of those folks that hates clickbaity stuff um, and com like asking for comments and all of that kind of thing. Um, we do it from time to time, but it's never something that we've done on a normal basis. So I think for us, I we're really going to focus on making, you know, shareable content that people care about. That's that's something that we really, really want to do and, and not like try and game it any more than we already do. Cause I don't know, it, people can see marketing <laughs> from a mile away. So, you know, if you're, if you're going to be, if you're going to be marketing, -y, then, you know, be completely upfront about it. Or, you know, if you're just trying to create things that, you know, the community cares about, which is really what social media is about, you know, that's, that's really what you should be aiming for. But that's just me. Yeah, I'll agree. Um, you know, I mean, I've always been uh, a proponent of kind of capturing the moment. 
because uh, I think that's really gets to the heart of what social is and when social is done well. Um, not that you can't produce great content, um, but there's definitely a balance between sort of being there and, and having stuff that uh, people will just jump on because it's live and because it's it's there. And um, we had our, our move-in weekend uh, and our acapella, one of our acapella groups uh, performed the alma mater at Convocation yesterday. And so we put up a quick video of, of uh, them performing the alma mater during their sound check and it was transcendent. Uh, and it was just, it was a minute long and it was just one of those moments that nobody was in the room except me, our events person and the, the 10 or 12 students who were in the group. Uh, and that moment would have been sort of lost to the ether if we just hadn't slapped it up there and, and let it fly. And like they messaged me this morning that their uh, Instagram following exploded because <laughs> we tagged them and that was that. So, uh, you know, that's what it's about. It's about, oh my God, did you see this? Uh, and people encouraging other people to see the things that they're enjoying. What a lovely thought. <laughs> <laughs> Want to share this thing I'm enjoying with other people so that they yes, can. Enjoy. But isn't that like literally the whole point? Like literally the whole point of social media is, hey, I saw this cool thing and I want you to see it too. Like even if it's just a goofy, you know, thought that you had or a post or a picture or whatever. Uh, my, I slapped up on Facebook an hour ago a bunch of pictures of a German shepherd and an owl who were best friends. There's nothing redeeming about that content at all, except yeah, that my daughter. Is. You all can okay, find. Feel good. Except the fact that feel my good. daughter. It's super cute, but like my daughter loves German shepherds and my son loves owls, so like that to me is compelling content, at least to me and my wife. Like that. So, so it's like social and media, jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like it's easy to lose the social piece. I think it's easy to get caught up in the media piece of oh, we need to make pictures and we need to make videos, but they need to be engaging. They need to be fun. It's not just, oh, here's a picture. Uh, there needs to be a reason why the picture is compelling. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Hey, if we could all post German Shepherds and Owls all day, I think that we would. <laughs> uh, you would have one very happy nine-year-old uh, follower for all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Except never allowed on social media ever. So there you go. <laughs> well, you're even making me think of one of the, I mean, it was a few years ago, but I feel like one of the biggest engagement boosts that I that I heard about for our office was, or not our office, but our institution was um, a, a an April Fool's Day joke. It was just a press release. We didn't, you know, at the time we weren't playing around with the homepage or anything. And it was about there is a whole story to it, but that each first year student would get a baby beaver because their mascot are the, be are the beavers. Mm -hmm. And the sheer amount of engagement it got because it was cute, because it was funny, because past students that maybe didn't realize that it was April Fool's Day were really confused. And, you know, and it was just so interesting to see like things that are fun and make you smile and are shareable, you know, they, they got legs and there's a reason for that. And it's something that we should always be thinking about. And I mean, yeah, cute animals definitely help, but there's other really great content that isn't just cute animals that can have the same kind of legs when it comes to content. Uh, we definitely followed suit. Last year we promised puppies, huskies, puppy huskies. So uh, thanks for leading the way on that and uh, enjoyed that engagement. Yeah, well, sorry, go ahead. 
But that's where, like, you know, it's important that the stuff that you're doing speaks to, you know, who you are as an institution. And so the example that I will forever use uh, here at Stony Brook uh, is Sharknado. So, you know, Sharknado burst on the scene. And uh, we have a school of marine and atmospheric sciences that has a marine bio program and has an atmospheric science program. And so the combination of public sentiment around Sharknado and one of our research focuses, uh, and so my counterpart down in, in SOMAS uh, put together a minor in Sharknado studies that we took actual courses, actual course descriptions, uh, and we just added like little goofy things in the course descriptions, and we slapped up a brand new minor in Sharknado, stu Sharknado studies for, for uh, April Fool's Day. And we've done it now, like we've done the same joke for three years. And it's an interdisciplinary study. Right. It's still funny. Like people still respond to it. It was like our ninth most liked Facebook post of the year for 2017. And so like we were talking about in a meeting and I'm like, hey, Sharknado 5 is coming this summer. So we better be ready. Like, <laughs> Has it, it feels, like, become it, it, a major now? Yeah, because it talks to research and it talks to, you know, like it, it talks about who we are. And it's not just goofy for the sake of being goofy. Like there's some truth to it and it helps people. That's what helps people connect to it. Well, and that's a really, really good point is it's not completely losing sight of you as an institution and your voice. And I think that's like an important point that, you know, because some folks might be watching this and like, yeah, but we have like other content we have to share that isn't, you know, silly things and puppies and all this. But I think, you know, you can still have a little bit of that institution voice and have some fun and also get more eyes on the other stuff that you're sharing as a result of getting good engagement on these posts. There, I know we're running short on time, but there's another good question that I want to uh, get everyone's thoughts on. Sorry, I know. It's uh, okay. I was looking at the questions too. Don't worry, but you go right ahead. <laughs> uh, so Will Patch, uh, where's Will from? Will's from Manchester University. Uh, Will asks uh, if uh, anyone else is planning to consolidate accounts, uh, you know, to improve the reach and, and folks that have smaller reaches and things like that. And that is something that we finally, after years and years, uh, try, we're trying to figure that out. We're trying to get a handle on that now because everyone has their own little pocket of the web, all those tentacles. Uh, but if there's something that's not working, then we need to kind of cut bait and move on because uh, if it's not doing what they're trying to do, then we're just wasting our time on it. Uh, the challenge there, you know, for us is that, you know, if you are a Twitter account with 40 followers, it's really easy to say, oh, you only have 40 followers. There's not enough going on there. But if your 40 followers are engaged and they're, you know, part of your key constituency, whether that be alumni or media or community groups or whatever, well, then that's a really valid account, even though it only has 40 followers or 100 followers or whatever. So it's not, it's easy to get lost in the numbers, I think. Um, but there definitely is the question of, you know, having a Facebook page just to have a Facebook page isn't going to fly anymore. Right. Absolutely. Well, and I've seen um, our community manager has done really, really great work um, trying to get to connect with different offices on campus and talking to them about what their goals are, because in some instances, a group might make more sense or a page might make sense. But, you know, there may be offices that can be consolidated together, like you said. So I think it's really knowing your institution and chatting with those spaces and trying to figure out how to meet their needs um, and what their goals are. It always comes back around to goals. And I think this is a really good example of that happening. Karen Logan, did you have anything else to add to that? I know I have to see another question or two. 
you guys definitely covered everything I was going to say. So. <laughs> Perfect. Kara looks like, okay, same there. Um, I see a question also came in from Gil, Gil Rogers. Uh, great commentary earlier about not spending on Facebook or maybe not spending all on Facebook. Uh, curious what all panelists are doing to diversify social channels. So any thoughts to that? I know, Logan, you talked a little bit earlier about Twitter and Instagram, but. Um, I mean, we're, we're definitely, um, we're definitely kind of diversifying our channels, uh, diversifying our channels based off of the, the folks that we know that we're, that are looking at it. So we do push some stuff um, to say only Twitter or only Instagram um, as opposed to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, but it really, we're, we're still really trying to figure out exactly which ones are best for what things. We found that events, for instance, are actually do pretty well on Instagram stories, just mm -hmm. promoting events there, um, especially student events. Um, not necessarily bigger like public events, but definitely like convocations or or basketball games, things like that. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we still use Facebook to, you know, just to cover all of our bases, for instance, if there's like a big event and we just need to cover everything, we just, we're still gonna post it to Facebook, but it just really depends. Um, and, you know, as far as things go, I mean, the main stuff that we do too right now is just Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I mean, we still do other stuff, but um, those are kind of the main four that we promote stuff through. Absolutely. I've been kind of surprised by how good LinkedIn is actually lately, so. Yeah. Nice. yeah. I was gonna say the same about Instagram. Um, you know, we've definitely seen, um, really good engagement for uh, events with uh, current students through Instagram, um, which is really nice. You know, it's, it's a great way for us to get our student groups involved um, and also just in, in just in general, the, the student population. So um, that's been a real treat. Um, I know in other parts of the university, they're also looking at Twitter in terms of not necessarily people who have affinity to uh, the university or the colleges, um, but people that they they want to bring it. Um, and so looking at um, ways that they're able to do that. Um, so, you know, still we're, you know, at this point, we're still using it as more of a, um, you know, kind of a, not quite a push notification, but yeah, kind of. Um, but definitely, you know, like Logan said, it's it's really been fun to watch it um, through Instagram and, and see the, the reactions through there. Awesome. Well, I know that we got to wrap up soon, but if you don't mind, I have one more quick question and I'm precluded to ask this because it's a Champlain alum that I'm seeing, but um, so social media consumption habits are changing with younger demographics. What trends are you seeing? How can it help us hack the algorithm and reach prospective students? And that's from Lauren Swanson. Um, so just any quick thoughts of kind of how things, how, what trends are you seeing? Um, and how are you going to use this moving forward to especially help your, your folks in admissions um, to think about how to best reach prospective students? And Logan, why don't you go first? Well, as far as we go, I, I actually think that the two most powerful ways that you can reach prospective students are, um, well, when I say prospective, I mean up and down the funnel before admitted, but uh, or before they've paid their enrollment deposit. But um, our admitted student Facebook groups are just a big piece of how we connect with those students um, and being able to, you know, now we can have a story within the group and we can do Facebook live within the group and all of that kind of fun stuff. Um, also, 
paid. I mean, it's just the best way, I think, even, even when you think of, you know, just Facebook in general, paid advertising and paid boosted posts that go directly, to, they're targeted directly towards students um, and audiences that you want um, are probably the most powerful tool you have to connect with prospective students. I mean, I hate to say that. I mean, I'm sure there's some way that you can hack the algorithm all day long, but you know, when it's just as easy as let's put some bucks behind it, I mean, that's kind of where you're at. Yeah. At least yeah. as far as I know. Yeah, and I don't even know if it's, you know, uh, I guess it's sort of hacking the algorithm, but like you're, you're feeding the algorithm the way you want it to work. You know, it, we've seen it work with our winter session courses. Uh, we've seen it work with uh, one of our graduate programs where we put some really targeted money behind it and it worked. And I know that's easy to say, oh, you're a big university, you have lots of money. Well, we don't, uh, you know, and, and it doesn't necessarily have to cost a lot of money if you target it right. Uh, and so it's, it's, you know, I don't know if you can hack the algorithm necessarily because Facebook's going to do what Facebook's going to do. Um, but you kind of help nudge it in the right direction and then the pieces start to, to fall together. Karen, any thoughts? Yeah, I was just going to add to the, you know, I don't know that we can hack because I, as I said before, you know, Facebook going to do what Facebook going to do. And when it wants to change it, it's going to change it. So, you know, if they see that it's not working in their favor, they're going to change it again. So, you know, let's let's figure out what we're doing in the moment, um, and then uh, you know, see what works, see what doesn't work, and 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 try to go with the flow as much as possible. Awesome. I think that's a really great thought to end on is just you know kind of embracing these changes that are coming and and um go with the flow but with a good strategy in mind to kind of start to navigate these changes so um i'm really excited i'm terrified but excited with these changes coming around the corner and uh if you are a community manager out there, we appreciate the work that you do. Thank you for navigating these changes as they come along. Uh, if you're not, go thank your community manager. Um, and uh, I know a few of you are still tweeting some questions. I'm sorry we can't get to all of them, but all three of these fantastic people are on Twitter. Um, so I'm gonna share out their handles. So please feel free to continue engaging with them because I know they're happy to chat with you about these topics and, uh, and have some more conversations. So um, thank you, you three, for being on the panel today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. And thank you, as always, uh, to our program sponsors, NRCCUA and M. Stoner. Thanks for joining us today, and I will see you all next month.